Welcome to the Great Game Debate Podcast, where friends come together to discuss video games and our lives. I'll be your host, Caden um, Barathe Lane, and joining us as always is Wes, this time not from the closet. How does it feel to be out of the closet? It's hot in here, man. I need to go back to the closet because it's <laughs> yeah. so much cooler. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a different location, a secret location, recording Ooh. this time. All but right. uh, have... super happy to be here. Of course, cool Castlevania shirt. Always appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Jonah Gomez. How you doing, man? It's good hey, to see hey, you. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> You've been working overtime this week, so you appreciate you oh, rushing dude. in to get it in the podcast. I was going like 80 down the freeway trying to get home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't put that on the video record uh, on the internet. No, nah, it's all good. <laughs> I'm they're a professional gonna, gonna driver. Come for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, we are also joined once again by returning guest Hunter Pearson. How you going, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me again. <clears throat> I think first uh, ref- first repeat guest. Did I get That's that? Right. Yeah, that title. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. Awesome. Um, You'll yeah, never live it I, down. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm very <laughs> thrilled to be here. Uh, I have my son behind me so it's a little more cluttered than it was last time but you know we'll make do uh also it is hot in this room i'm actually going to yeah take, like, why are you wearing it i'm gonna <laughs> take this it's like like i was just complaining about how hot it is i'm gonna take this this thing off here it's like 100 degrees actually they <laughs> well while he's doing that the thing i've ever seen <laughs> And that is uh, Beaten Down Brian, our extra special guest for this week. How's it going, man? Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, what's going on, guys? Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a legend on the interwebs. And uh, I think uh, you and Hunter and Wes kind of go back, right? Like you guys have known each other online and talked a bit for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, Myself and Hunter would know each other from like early Easy A days or even Mm. before that, like. Um, I think it's just before that, maybe like a year, like game trailers. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Wes, we when did we maybe hot? I don't know. Two. Two thousand seventeen, I think, was... is when I when we started interacting. Brian was one of my my very first friends on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Very very kind man <laughs> who who uh, was nice enough to introduce me to. Most of my early friends there, including Hunter. So awesome. Well, uh, I think uh, most of us know you, Brian, as this kind of like pseudo legend that's somehow uh, been able to garner the attention of all of the people that make, you know, like important games, media stuff like the Easy Allies and Min Max. And they're always taking your questions. If you could give us a little bit of a background on how that kind of got started and any tips if any of us want to try and get our uh, questions accepted by the easy allies or the minmax crew oh man i don't know i feel bad now because i haven't like wrote a question into a podcast i'd say in like the last year <laughs> so oh really so, it's like they're always yeah, talking I, about i checked like probably this very podcast and maybe i think i've like sent in a couple of comments to spelunkers a podcast mm. and that a few times but like I, yeah i can't even remember the last time just I'm not, I'm never actually great. It's funny you say that because like, I'm never great with like 
questions and stuff. I think just in general, coming up like podcast questions and stuff. But I think probably more so people probably got to know me because I like sponsored EZA on a few occasions and stuff like that. Right. Like, yeah. I, I was definitely there in the early days of like GT and stuff when they started streaming and stuff. And so I just got to look, know a lot of people in the community and like got to talk to them on Twitter. And like at that stage, like the guys were like, you know, it was probably a very smaller chat. I was like, you know, maybe 14, 15 people were hanging out watching a stream. So like you got to know the guys pretty well and stuff. Sure. Um, just through that or whatever, I guess. So yeah, nothing. I don't, I don't really think about it as, uh and special or anything i guess it's just i i enjoy listening to those shows so i kind of try to participate in them or whatever uh, sure yeah so I, i'm also never afraid to probably email the guys or something if i had an opinion on something or something like that but like i always do it in a nice way i i suppose so like uh that might be something got to do with it as well maybe sure. i don't know you think uh, don't yeah. be mean would be a uh, pretty self-explanatory advice on the internet, but a lot of people don't seem to get it. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, well, like, sure. That's the whole thing. No one wants to talk to a dick. Huh? I, I, I got to oh, yeah, thank dude. you because you've helped us out a lot. <laughs> and, like, ever since you're like, oh, you should just change this a little bit about your title and, like, maybe structure your descriptions this way. And I was like, oh, yeah. And after we did <laughs> yeah. that, after we did that, our viewership has slowly gone up just a little bit. And so thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I think awesome. I've been I've been talking with Brian about our podcast since before we started our podcast. Like, <laughs> Brian, oh, have wow. you, this idea, what do you what do you think? What do you think about this? I think I told you to start a podcast before you told me you were starting a podcast. Yeah. Brian Brian to me is I've seen it over the years, just time and time again, that I, I don't know that I know another person who wants to see other people succeed more than Brian does. Like, and especially if somebody is, you know, first starting out with something, if there's anything he can do to help or like, I mean, even with Wes, when he showed up on Twitter and he was just like, hey, this guy's great. Like everybody, you know, give him a follow, like, uh, yeah, super be nice. nice to him. And then even when and I had forgotten until you just mentioned it, that you had that period of time where you were sponsoring EZA. And I remember at that time, um, uh, I think at least once or twice you like lent your time out as a, like a sponsor to, to the hashtagonist. Um, oh, wow. is that, is that right? Yeah. And so like, just to, and that's, I mean, that's, quite a uh, a gift you know just because yeah. he was trying to do his own thing at that time he had his podcast a lot of great guests on um but you know not really all that gainfully employed at the time so it was just that kind of gesture to me is always defined like just what a generous nice person brian is which is Absolutely, why i feel yeah. horrible and... for for making things like this i didn't even know i had to i made this shirt so like i felt i feel like i have to show it off so because i'd made I my didn't own, even know my own... The logo. I, I looked at the logo once <laughs> and i was like that kind of looks familiar it looked like so... i was corporate sponsor or something like you know like i yeah, was a sales rep pr i'm pretty sure yeah and now i own it i will wear it all the time people will be like what the what the hell is brian butter and i'm gonna be like uh you know it's just for the our best audio butter listeners the... uh hunter has a, a really nice looking polo shirt with a very professional looking uh yeah. uh 
brand name on the just the, the left hand uh yeah. side and and it's perfectly says uh, brian butter and yeah, a very familiar yeah. looking logo <laughs> it's in the <laughs> gary gold logo i probably shouldn't say you probably should bleep the name of the company but um uh, i just want to say that, like <laughs> if anybody knows me for anything it's probably just absolutely beating any joke absolutely to death and i refuse to stop beating this one ever i refuse to do that because like Right, even Hunter, even though Hunter was giving me crap and he was praising me a few minutes ago, this dude, like one time, right, when I start doing the videos with Dart and stuff, and for anyone who doesn't know, like I do small bits of YouTube videos with Dart uh, very, very occasionally, like I don't really take it that seriously. But Hunter would used to watch him and stuff, and he's probably like one of the first people that used to watch him. And then just one day, he just turned up and he's like, Here, here's this amazing drawing, and like it's uh, a Mitsubishi Evo Lancer like drifting through a corner and he's got like my icon sitting in the like my twitter avatar sitting behind the wheel and stuff and like i've had that image as my header i think for like the last four or five years because it was just oh, like so one sick. of the kindest things anyone could wow. ever do and it was like i generally i genuinely like that day i was like i cannot bloody believe that like that he just went and done that out of the kindness of his own heart like so like you know so you, just so you don't stay long smoke up my room all day because like hunter deserves it too so <laughs> thank you yeah hunter, is, hunter has a heart of gold too he's yeah. he was the one that that found jonah the the, the playstation 5 mm -hmm. as well yeah exactly so, yeah and that yeah, was awesome you know, to I, I, I wish i'd known about it <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be nice to each other you know uh people that don't necessarily know each other uh it's it fights back against all the negativity on the internet so despite yeah, yeah. my my horrible sense of humor yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be nice to people where i can yeah oh like i i never mind those things anyway like because i find it funny it's it's just like one of those perfect things and like for anyone who doesn't know right the whole thing with this brine butter is because i'm a dairy farmer right and i run like a little small farm and uh, I, I'm a fan of like Minmax and they did this like Christmas video for like Cereal Vasquez uh, made these like donut holes from Destiny and he posted like you know the video or whatever and like or in part of the video uh, he, he held up like the butter he was used and it was Kerrygold and I was like huh small world because like, I supply milk for them so I, I made a joke about it on Twitter or something and like then two seconds later Hunter's like oh, bring butter I just, <laughs> damn it because it's like I'm it's one of those things sense. where it's like it's not dirty but it sounds dirty <laughs> yeah and right just there like the perfect amount of that and it's right just, there damn it i, I love it that's gonna stick <laughs> the funny thing about families it, picked up on it yeah the, the, the funny <laughs> thing about it that exactly i was gonna say like my kids ryan yep. know, know know you in our house yeah, yeah. because <laughs> we call the butter that we buy brian butter and my kids always ask when we go to the store like yeah. daddy it, make sure the butter you good. get is brian butter yeah because it's really good like my kids love it too they always want to pick that one out and they call it exactly that because they can't read <laughs> this podcast yeah. sponsored by carry gold yeah. <laughs> uh, just as a teaser for later, uh, we are going to be skipping our Witchman Plan section this podcast. And uh, instead, after we close out the podcast, we're going to be doing a special spoiler cast for Resident Evil 8, which uh, Brian will be joining, uh, joining us for. But um, 
As a prelude to that, Brian, I just kind of wanted to uh, get a quick rundown of like your history with the Resident Evil series, like maybe why you like it so much or what your favorite game is, that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I I guess like to be to be honest, I I was born in like '84, right? So it was just about the era when like the S or the NES came out. But my brother is like about twelve years older than me, and uh, he di- he didn't really have much interest in games at the time or anything. So I ended up like just taking this kind of weird path through video games because the only thing we had was an Amstrad CPC. 464 computer and i'm positive none of you have ever heard of that thing because (laughs) they were only made in (laughs) france and they were made in france sold in france britain and ireland and that's every that's everywhere it was right think like atari 2600 level graphics but it's on like a 12 inch green screen monitor and the games come on cassette tapes wow now i don't know if you any of you any experience with games on cassette tapes they take like about 25 to 35 minutes to load. Oh and my gosh. And the best like part is levels. the entire time they are <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe slightly shorter. But um the the whole time they just make like that screeching modem sound. So like I remember just being as a kid sitting in front of that goddamn thing and you're like, because I used to like fill in lines of a picture slowly while it was loading. And like you'd come back after like 20 minutes and it's like doing the bottom few pixels and you're like, come on and come on. And all you hear is in the background. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. I played video games after that thing because. But uh, anyway, like moving along, I didn't get. I didn't get a console until my brother got like a newer version of the Amstrad because that was when I started getting into games and stuff. And like I ended up just like I wasn't really paying attention, I guess, at the time. So like I wasn't really aware of like the NES or the SNES. And like I started playing games like, I don't know, like Final Fight and NARC and like just a lot of like 2D beat-em-ups and stuff like that, all on like this Amstrad computer. But like the issue became then that my brother used to like uh, he used to like all these like war strategy games and like the two was he, I'd want to play the computer in the evening and he would as well. So like my parents eventually went and got me like a Mega Drive then at that stage. And I was like I was into games at that point, but like I wasn't following them like really closely or anything like games were kind of a thing I do for like an hour in the evening and like I maybe rent one once during the week and another one at the weekend or something like that but it wasn't until i went up to it would have been like the n64 was out right and the playstation was it was out as well i think it'd been out for like maybe like september the following or, or the previous year or that but i like you know everyone talks about like seeing mario 3d on like the kiosk for the first time well, like we never had the kiosks or anything over here so like i wasn't super aware of them like i wow, hadn't seen yeah. the game to, to be impressed by them so i used to go up to uh, my cousin's house during the summer for basically like a week-long holiday or whatever and as like i said i think i was like aware the playstation was coming out and i might have asked my mother for one for like christmas or something and I went up I went up there this day and on the first day and he's like, come on down to the room, I have something to show you. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. So we go down and he's like, I've got a PlayStation 1. And I was like, okay, yeah, 
cool like <laughs> you know blew it up or whatever like i was like i was into games but i wasn't like you know mad about them or anything yeah but then like he's there wait till i show you this because he pulls out like this game formula one right? oh wow <laughs> next one at the time like i'm just obsessed with motorsport uh, like mm-hmm. motorsport is like my biggest passion and like i was racing carts at like you know seven years old and like i raced consistently until i was like 26 or 27 or that and like at that time it was like i said it was just kind of an obsession and he was just there he's there you're not going to believe this game right because at first when he pulled out i was kind of like "Ah, whatever like racing games because i wasn't actually that into them because like you know most at that stage were like top down or they weren't like fully 3d and they were never kind of great things like afterburn or stuff like that like i wasn't mad into them but like he turned on this game and this was like my mario 64 moment because like it comes on and the first thing it does is it has like this wireframe model of like an f1 car and next thing like all the panels just start like slapping into place and stuff and like this is cool. you know like it, it's like there are things are like a heavy metal track or something playing in the <laughs> yeah. background as well and like 11 or 12 year old me is just like white is just and like as well as everything else it's like the jordan car which is like the only irish f1 car so like he starts it up and he says to me like okay go pick a track so i'm like okay cool so i, I start looking through the tracks and the first thing i notice is it's all the real world tracks it's all the real world layouts and like wow. he tells me that that's like this is like when you start driving around it's going to be one-to-one with the real course and like at the time like i'd never seen anything like this and like it was just like kind of blowing my mind so like we pick a car we pick a track and it's all again it's all of like real world cars and it's like all the real world drivers and stuff and my cousin is there telling me like he, he's like uh at that time i think it was based on like the 1995 season so there's one team called Simtech, and they only lasted for like five rounds of the championship and then like they ended up bailing because like the team went bankrupt and like as you're playing through a championship in it those cars will be in the first few races and then it's like race six Whoa. they'll drop out and that's like, crazy yeah he's telling me all this and like i'm like okay like wow like that's that's mad and he then he starts telling me so there's downforce and you can adjust the downforce of the car and you can make it like you can make it so like you can take corners faster but you'll be slower on the straights or you can take off downforce and you'll go faster on the straights and you'll, it'll be but it'll be harder to get through corners and i like, love by the and, way that the question was how did you get into resonation <laughs> <laughs> i told you i was going to derail the podcast hey, man. <laughs> yeah steven's not here so i love every second of this i just i was like <laughs> we're, we're getting there <laughs> It is, it is Dog, coming, man. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, I have to mention that game, like, so, yeah. Because, like, it, it is, it is one, like, that just blew me away. Like, the first time, like, I had, like, the car in front of me, and, like, you just go into, like, that, that cockpit view. It's basically not in the cockpit, but, like, it shows you, like, the, the front nose cone, the wing, and the wheels and stuff. And, like, you, you're pressing the power, and, like, it actually feels like you're going through an environment and stuff. And like you have he's like he was explaining to me like that this game is what they call like a simulation. And so like 
you're not going to drift through corners. You're going to have to brake like at the right time and like you know try and drive through the corners and stuff. And I drive so mad into karting uh, at that stage already, like. And so when I actually started playing it, and like I realized it was realistic and stuff like that was all just it was just like mind blowing to me at the time. But uh, as a part of that, my mother rings like the fourth night I'm up there, and I'm I got on the phone to her and she's like. Hey, how's it going? Hey, listen, I want a PlayStation for my birthday, right? <laughs> <laughs> so my birthday is is in December. But um, sorry, let me just grab a drink. No, you're good. My birthday is in December. So kids born in December, oh no, they get screwed. You get one present, and that's really yeah. Christmas, and that's for day. Yeah. <laughs> so what my mom used to do was, she would give me a present in like September for my birthday. Oh. So. And like this was like in August or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I know what I want. I know what I want. I want a PlayStation and I want this like F1 game or whatever. And then I was like, no, I'm actually going to buy the F1 game, buy them up here. Just get me the PlayStation. That's all I want. So that's grand. The next day we're going into the town and like my mom or my aunt, sorry, excuse me. Uh, we're on the way in. She's like, what are you going to get in town? And like I'm telling her, oh, I'm going to get this, pick up this F1 game. And she was like, but you haven't got the PlayStation yet. And I was like, I know, yeah, but I'm going to rent one as soon as I get back. And like that way I'll be able to play it straight away. And my mother is going to get it for my birthday and stuff. And uh, like my aunt tries to start like kind of talking me out. But she's like, I be better until you went home. Wait, like, you know, and this sort of thing. I know and I, yeah, yeah, I kind of cop something's on. And I was like, what's going on? So she's like, yeah, you lost your mind on the phone so much last night that my mother I had rang my aunt and just said, like, yeah, would you get him the PlayStation this week? And, like, I'll pay you back at the end of the week when I'm collecting them or something. Oh, so, like, man. My aunt decided to do that because the big reason was because it, this was one of the very few games that you could actually use a link cable on the PS1. If, wow. Do you guys remember them? Uh, I don't think I, I didn't even know that. they had one. Yeah, this is the but, first like, I've heard it of was, that. It was essentially a LAN party. Yeah. Like what, what that meant was you could have two PlayStations, two copies of the game, and two TVs, and you could play multiplayer. And not only that, but it would have all the AI cars as well. So, like, you'd have 26 wow. cars on the grid at all times in it, which, like, for the time was just, like, there was nothing like that. Every, like, you know, split-screen multiplayer was just, like, two cars, and that was it. But uh, we eventually got that, and, like, as I went down to the store, she told me, like, that oh, my mother was getting me the F1 game. So she was like pick out something else and hunter here comes i walk into the store first <laughs> okay. game i see big hulking dude with a shotgun i pick it up turn around you kill zombies so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it that's how i got into resident evil <laughs> hell yeah dude oh, but like yeah. resident, resident evil is also like my kind of mario 64 game as well because like it's it's the first one like i ever actually control the character in and like tank controls didn't scare me for life funnily enough but uh yeah yeah but uh, i definitely had like that sort of moment with that game like it was just like every there was so much about it like just like it had a story and stuff that it was like actually semi-interesting and like that game at that time was scary as hell we have a question about that later but like First time you get into that room and see that zombie, and you're like eleven or twelve, and that zombie turns <laughs> towards you, you're just like, 
Yeah, it's nightmares that for was a week. <laughs> Mind-blowing moment. I'm surprised you didn't uh, get into racing, you know, with the 32X attachment in Daytona, USA. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's like I said, like, I, I had the Mega Drive, which is like the Genesis for you guys, but I wasn't paying attention to stuff. Yeah, I, that was that a time. joke. That would have been a bad choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that was a horrible system, and that was not a good version of that game. Saturn I, one, I, the I Saturn one was good. About, the, about those attachments until like years later, to be perfectly honest, because like it's like I said, I just wasn't like following stuff at that point. But like I was like straight after like Resident Evil on the PS One. That was when I got like really into games, you know. So like. The PS1 so, will always be kind of that like special console to me, I guess, kind of. I'd be remiss yeah. not to mention, um, if anybody doesn't follow Brian, Brian's still a huge racing fanatic. Uh-huh. And yeah, he has, <laughs> and he has a he has an amazing uh, setup for simulation racing that he just put together in the last oh, sick, like, dude. six months or so, was it, Brian? Uh, yeah, I did it in January. Well, it's like it's not the first one I've ever had. I'll pull out of the way here. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, dude! I, well, I don't uh, see it's... a butt kicker on that. Where's the butt kicker? Yeah, I didn't buy a butt kicker. I had to, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, but uh, no, it's not actually like that expensive of a rig. I just kind of modified it and stuff like. But I say not that expensive. But like, uh, I think like that rig was like four hundred quid base. Uh, for sim racing stuff, that's not insane. Like sometimes you could pay four hundred quid for just like a rim of a wheel, not even like the base unit. Just like there's that F1 wheel that came out lately, and like I posted about, really sick looking. But like I think it's like four hundred and fifty quid, and on top of that, you need to buy like the paddle shifters at the back of for like an extra eighty, just to like really beat you while you're down. Like it's just yeah, like, holy crap, like. Yeah, but you you were you you did a lot of work on that though, right? You were like welding the frames together and stuff like that, weren't you? Yeah, you see, to... I I had one very like it, and the thing I found about it was was just kind of flimsy. So like when I got that one, I basically like I just made up a couple of bars and slot them in into the actual existing frame just to like strengthen it and sturdy it up a bit. So the thing weighs like a ton now, but it, <laughs> it stays planted. So that's all you really want from it. Like it's gas because like you buy one for like a four hundred quid and the difference between that and one at like twelve hundred quid is like minimal. But you can buy one for like two thousand or two and a half thousand and like there's a big gap there. So like as much as I like it and stuff, I was hard pressed to spend like twelve hundred quid for like one that's only going to be marginally better than the one for 400 like especially when for sure like i just made a few modifications and it was like grand so but uh yeah it's nice it's it's fun to use uh it's the sort of thing like once the pandemic is over it's the sort of thing you like if you have a mate come around to the house there's a fourth thing they want to do like <laughs> oh, so yeah. oh yeah for sure <laughs> pretty sweet even like my niece my niece is mad into it like as well like i can adjust it up to bring in like the pedal shorter and stuff and like she's old enough now to where like she can reach them and stuff but like she'll play dark rally and like she's not too bad at it. Well, yeah dude you're definitely the cool uncle for sure with that thing yeah. sitting around makes the house. Me jealous <laughs> makes me jealous i have i have a steering wheel in one of these um one of these like shelves over here that's from hmm. the playstation 3 that for whatever reason wasn't compatible with the playstation 4 
It was it's like what a, I got for Gran Turismo. Sure I was I was gonna ask yeah. if it was the the Wii Mario Kart wheel or something. <laughs> I have those too. But you know those things. I don't have a I don't have a rig, and I'm like so jealous of it because you know I'm sure when you sit in that you actually feel somewhat like you're in a car. Whereas when we play with uh, the I took it back out because it works on the PC fine. Like it, you know yeah, it's got yeah. force feedback. But, you know, there's no getting around the fact that you've got to attach it to your desk and then put the wheels right below you. It's like you're an octogenarian driving around and like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get what you mean. You can actually buy like. The desk. You can actually buy like these little foldable stands and like they're a yeah. hundred quid, but they're not actually that bad because like the best thing about them is basically they, they have a plate on the bottom that you can just just bolt the wheels straight too and you can like place them at a little bit of an angle so like you can make it like a little bit more comfortable for yourself like with them but yeah having the rig is just fun like especially if you're doing a, like a long session or something because like it's just more comfortable and stuff as well and like i tend to be like especially with rallying games i tend to be like kind of swinging out of the wheel whereas like if you're driving an f1 or something you're only like you know you're slowly kind of turning but like in rallying you tend to be like mid lock and then like just having to pull it back the other way so like you tend to be a little bit more rough with it i guess that's cool, yeah, cool. Well, you, uh... you got to include that brian um in i think both dirt dirt 2 and now wrc you've you've got a number of world record track or at least like oh, you wow. set them pretty regularly he's he's pretty regularly at the top of a lot of leaderboards like in the world in those games like he is insanely good it's very fun to watch it it's, is it's funny it's just it's i suppose it comes from probably like some of it comes from like having war, real world experience or whatever but sure. it just kind of happened on accident because like i was in love with dart rally and i was playing it all the time but like i never really tried for leaderboards but like one night i just like nailed a run through like finland or somewhere and i was like I wonder where that puts me on the leaderboards and i happened to check and i was like third and i was like wow i was like okay i think i could go a bit faster so like <laughs> then i went a bit faster and i went a bit faster and i got up the second and i was like okay yeah i think i can go a little bit faster still and like i went back and did it some more and like like it's weird because like rallying's not really about like getting to know a track but like in terms of the games that's obviously what you have to do. Like you have to run the stage a lot of times and you start to get eke out like every last bit of speed with it and the Oaks. But like the first few times I got them, yeah, it was like real good feeling. But uh, yeah, there's probably like a smaller community for those games than like GT or whatever. But like even still, like there's some fast players in there. Like, and like I, a lot of my times have eventually gotten beaten and stuff. But um, yeah, like it, I, I can do it when I want to do it kind of thing, but like it's it's not always easy. Like going back and trying to get a, a record in Rally Two now is like hard, you know. Like you you'd really have to like be playing the games more consistently than I do because like that's probably my biggest problem is I don't I don't play them like every single day. I kind of gain to a thing yeah. where I like play for a week and then I'll play every night that week, but then some other game will come out and I'll, I like won't touch them for a month. And like, you definitely get rusty in that like in between period when you go back and stuff. So there's that too. But uh, yeah, yeah but it's, it's really impressive, regardless. Though I mean, yeah, for sure. I yeah. I, I, I don't think I could ever. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> ever probably do that. Kind of thing in anything? 
Like, does anybody Never. have like another leaderboard top? No. Never. Yeah. yeah. The closest I, I ever came was I, I don't even know if it's still anywhere close to the top, but I had a top 10 uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 challenge landing at nice. Tegucigalpa with a 747. <laughs> and I swear it was 100% dumb luck like i yeah. had like one of those like will ferrell old school moments where I, like blacked out the plane landed and then it like flashed up that i was like seventh in the world and i was like i could be a pilot yeah. <laughs> but yeah no never first in anything yeah um you're not so sorry go ahead oh well i was just gonna ask you brian um i know in like other games like mario kart or something like learning like exploits and glitches and shortcuts are like a big part of getting the world records on these like more simulation games are there things like that that you have to use that are like unintended or is it pretty much straight up or no it's it's pretty much straight up like you can't really like cheat at those games but what will happen occasionally like uh there's one stage in uh, I think it's Rally 2.0, where uh, I'm trying to think of exactly where it is, but like there's best basically like an S bend going through some gravel, and like there's a big cut with grass on the inside that you can do on either side, and like usually they would normally penalise you if you try to go there, but like that one can definitely be exploited because like you can basically just not take the second turn and just like straight line main it and like if you want to get a leaderboard now you're basically forced into doing that because like everyone else is doing it so yeah like things like that sometimes they get patched out but like other times they don't it can be kind of inconsistent um but yeah no generally speaking you you have to be like just clean at them and like it's just a generally a matter of going in and knowing like where am I losing speed and like how can I how can I find that speed basically and just keeping at it until you get it I guess. But uh, yeah, there's no no mushrooms over ramps, Caden. <laughs> uh, no. One thing that one thing that interests me about those games that I like about the rally games specifically being like a timed event feels like a more fair um, competition. You know, because when I've played, gotten in and played things like uh, Gran Turismo and some of the other competitive racers where you're actually racing against other people, like that, like you can kind of exploit, you know, taking inside corners. Like there's not people who are really that concerned with uh, not ramming into your car in a lot of those games. I know they've done some things with that, but um, do you find that like you enjoy that kind of being by yourself, like you and the track more than... Have you ever gotten into like competitive with other racers where there's a bunch of like it's like more multiplayer? I I I mess around with multiplayer an odd time, but like it's funny, right? For someone who's interested in motorsport, I'm not the most competitive person in the world, and like uh, it's it's different when I'm actually in like when I was participating in motorsport. Like if I'm sitting on the grid, I fully intend to win the race, like that. I mean, and like. Uh, that was one thing I used to love about motorsport just in general was that like when when you're sitting in a, in the car and you're on a grid and say like there's cars in front of you, cars behind, cars to the side of you, like it, it sounds like one of those corny things, but like everything else in the world, every other problem you have or any stresses in your life, everything just kind of just goes. And like the only thing that matters in that moment is what's on the road in front of me. And that's it. And like, I kind of, I like that with rallying as well, just more so in general that like, 
it's not dependent on like you needing to pass the guy in front of or anything. It's like everyone gets like a one-time shot through this corner and like you you as well as everything else, you have to have like the utmost level of trust in the guy that's sitting behind or beside you. Mm-hmm. Because like your co-driver is obviously like very important, especially in real life. Like those guys have to be on it, like, and they can't make mistakes. Like if they tell you you're coming down like a 200 meter straight and you're going into a fast five right when it should actually be a, a slow four left. Like that's the difference between crashing and not crashing in, in that sport. And like, I I think I just kind of in, I, I used to probably play more multiplayer, but like when I got into doing leaderboards and stuff, I just kind of started to prefer that more because like there wasn't like every race in multiplayer. And like I started playing Gran Turismo uh sport here uh earlier this year and tried to get into multiplayer and stuff in it and like they're definitely even though like they have a pretty good system about like banning people and stuff well like not necessarily banning them but like if you crash into a guy you'll get like a penalty where they'll like forcefully slow you down so like you're kind of incentivized not to crash but still like every first corner is just like boom straight yeah. everyone straight into each other like so <laughs> that sucks the fun out of it you know, one bad sport kind of sucks the fun out of it for everyone kind of thing. Right. So, like, I definitely end up just kind of leaning towards doing it solo more. I, I just find more fun in doing the leaderboards as well. And just, like, you know, it, it's not always about, like, learning the exact right line, but it's just learning, like, the ins and outs of a course. And, like, there's a bump on the inside of this corner. So I need to keep out just the tiniest little bit, but I can't keep out too much because that's going to send me into the tree on the outside. So like there's a lot of a little stuff, a lot of little stuff you just have to like remember and like kind of process in the moment and stuff as it's happening. And um, yeah, so that's basically it, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I really just appreciate the perspective because, you know, I'm someone who doesn't play a lot of racing games, so it's really cool to hear a deep dive on that kind of thing. But uh, do you guys have any um, specific questions for Brian before we move on? I got one. Okay. Who's your main in Mario Kart? (laughs) (laughs) Here's the problem. I don't play Mario Kart. Yeah. Oh. Do I have to leave the he's podcast a, now? He's mess around with those baby games. Bye, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not a big arcade racer guy in general, yeah. but, like, I, I'll i mess around with Mario Kart, like, a very odd time if maybe, like, my niece wants to play it, but she's not, like, that into it either. So uh, we tend to play more games together, kind of single-player games together. So, okay, yeah, I, I probably haven't even played enough. But... Adjusted question. Who's your favorite Mario character? <laughs> Uh, wow luigi <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty much i'm tempted to say waluigi just because waluigi sneaking love we need that game and <laughs> yeah oh. all right oh, we do need that game right, your guys. favorite mario character jonah uh shy guy i love shy guy Oh really? Yeah. Cool. Every time I every time I play uh, Mario Kart, it's Black Shy Guy in a uh, little winged cart, and it's just like yeah. max acceleration. Yeah. I'm Baby Peach all the way. <laughs> oh, and just, it's just so that I can. It, it's just so that I can basically be like, tell my kids, "Oh, you let the little baby princess beat you." 
pretty good. Oh, the only yeah. reason. Well, uh, hope you guys left the car keys at home and took the giant raven out for a spin, because got to stop by the undead graveyard for the Zweihander, because it's time for the icebreaker. Well, uh, as is tradition now, our game master, Wes, has prepared another game for us. Uh, take it away, Wes. All right, so uh, we will be playing yet again Video Game 20 Questions. So I have a game in mind. It is your duty to determine what game am I thinking of. You have 20 yes or no questions to determine the game. Make sure they're yes or no questions. You work as a team, everybody. You, you guys win as a team or you lose as a team, but you only get one right. guess at the game, so make sure you know what it is before you before you guess. Let's go. You guys are 2-0 uh, and o or 3-0 and o on this. Uh, two. You, you, you haven't missed one yet, so. Uh. Guys, I think it's uh, I think it's Castlevania. He's given a, a towel <laughs> <of> the shirt. <laughs> Fourth question. We, uh... Is it Castlevania? <laughs> bad. Do we have, do we, once we guess the game, like, do we only get one guess at it, or could we just spend all 20 questions guessing games? No, you got one guess. One guess at the game. Okay, well, I was about to yeah. do something stupid, so <laughs> we're fine. <Yeah. laughs> all right, let's, well, uh, uh, let's narrow down the year. Or yeah, all good stuff. The, the genre or something, I don't know. What are you, what are you guys mm -hmm. thinking? I yeah, you guys have done this a few times. You want to get it get it started? Yeah, think, yeah, you take it away, Jenna. I trust I, you. I think it's between 2000 and 2010. Wes, is this? Did this game come out between 2000 and 2010? Yes. Ha! Oh. Nailed it. We got a whole so decade now we, uh... to narrow yeah, it down. <laughs> I, you, you got it. You, you know exactly what it yeah, is. No, what game? No it problem. Is. Game, game over. So, uh, could, so what could you could you ask if it's like multi-platform or did with that yeah, narrow it yeah. down? All right. Yeah. Uh, Wes, was this game multi-platform? Yes. Okay. Multi-platform game. Yeah. Wes, was this? Uh, did this game come out on the PS3? Yes. I feel like Jonah does just already know what this is. I, yeah, I it's actually kind of don't. Me out. I actually don't. <laughs> He's like, does this game feature Joel and Ellie? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that wasn't a real question. Don't answer. You got that. a question All prepared, right. Brian? Uh, I'm thinking, should we probably try and do a genre? Yeah, let's yeah. do a genre. Yeah, probably. What are you guys thinking? Maybe RPG? Sure. Yeah, with Wes, I, yeah. with oh, West, I tend to lean that way. Yeah. Okay, ask okay, away, Brian. Is this game an RPG? No. Ooh. RPG. Okay. Uh, is this game a Metroidvania? No. <gasps> okay, it's not. It's All right. Not Lords so of now, Shadow. now we have to now we have to put ourselves in Wes's brain, and I'm good at that. I feel like because we share one <laughs> most of the time. So he would be thinking of a PS3 game that Brian specifically would probably enjoy. <laughs> thinking it might be racing related or yeah. maybe even Resident Evil. Uh, oh, it could be so... five or six or Revelations. We'll just do. Um, I'm just going to ask this one: is Is this a racing game? No. Okay, a racing game. Okay. Um, does this game have three dimensional graphics? Yes. It's not an RPG. It's not a racing game. 
Is it a horror game? Yes. again, wasn't it? Okay. So what's what's PS3 game? That's that's. Well, uh... you just ask. Does it have the phrase "Resident Evil" in the title? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Does the game have the phrase Resident Evil in the title? No. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, do you think it could be so condemned? Condemned is definitely PS3. What else is PS3? What, what, what was the years that we narrowed down? Was it 2000 oh, to 2000? Well, yeah. now that we know that it was That's released right. on PS3, you can kind of narrow that down even 2000. more. Well, there, there is a game I mentioned having went through earlier this year, uh, mm -hmm. which is Silent Hill 2. Uh, yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking that's maybe. What was maybe picked up on. Was that on PS? Well, there were silent. And also, on PS3. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was 2000 to 2010 was the year it came out, wasn't it? Oh, oh but we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's right, Silent yeah. Hill, yeah. Downfall, and then what was the third one? Was it just Silent Hill Three uh, or like? I yeah, but that was on PS2. Um, so uh, it could be like Evil Within. Was the Evil um, Within PS3? What was Outlast? Yeah. Was that PS3? Or was the that Evil PS4? Within was PS3, but that was 2013, I believe, or 2014. Yeah, yeah cause... Okay. Yeah, that oh, was really? late. Yeah. Dang, Evil really Within came out after after I graduated, too. Yeah, because like, it was definitely on PS4 as well, because I, I bought it on PS4 for, for sure. I have it sitting Yeah, it's 2014. First. Dang, that's I crazy. Think, I, I think it might be Silent Hill down... Downpour? Downfall? Downpour? I think it's Downpour. Yes, yeah, Downpour, yeah. Well, why don't we uh, ask, is it part of the Silent Hill franchise? No. Uh, oh, no. How many questions okay. are we're we at, Wes? That, that's ten questions. Okay, we're halfway there. It's the worst you've ever done. It is. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's all over. It's all over. Um... I think Condemned is probably a decent... Yeah. Decent, like... Guess at that, right? Uh, I can't remember. Did Condemned come to the PS3 or was that Xbox only? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it, it's multi. I thought it was multi. No, you know what? Maybe I, I definitely played it on Xbox. I, I think did it too. Was exclusive. But I, I think it was exclusive. Yeah, for at least I think a that was exclusive. Time. Now that you mention it, I think that was a 361. Can you I don't look remember it up? that being. Look on... up Condemned. I am looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> God, that should definitely be cheating but no cheating, uh, looks like oh did we Doesn't... say we couldn't look things up sorry he never stated it in the rules yeah, that... it kind of goes uh, outside like... of the spirit of is the condemned game. the same thing as condemned criminal origins or is that a different yeah game? same yeah. game yeah, yeah. okay it looks like that's an xbox exclusive dang it yeah, uh ps3 horror game <laughs> just gonna look up ps3 horror games um no, ps3 horror game that's <laughs> not resident evil <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, it's central theme. It's not Resident Evil, and it's not Silent Hill. Well, we don't know it's not Silent Hill yet. But... We said it's not part of the Silent Hill franchise. Yeah. So it's not Do it's you... not a Silent Hill game, it's not a Resident Evil game. It West. is horror, it's on the PS3. Do you shoot a gun in this game? Sort of? Sort of. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say yes. Okay, so a weird shooting mechanic that's kind of not like shooting. Oh, when did uh, Alien Isolation come out? Oh, um, that seems like it'd be later, but I think it is. That later. was later. With this sort of answer, I'm wondering is it 
What was what was that games? game? What was that game with like the ghost who used a camera? Was that like Fatal Frame? Oh yeah, that is yeah. Fatal Frame. Yeah. But was, was there that, a was that a PS3 game? Frame game? I thought it was a PS2 I... game. Did they have a PS2? Yeah, these. Okay. I'm just thinking uh, of like just, a game like that. Later entries or something, just with that sort of answer. Is the playable character a woman? No. Okay. Well, that narrows it down a lot. Uh, Let's play as a woman in Fatal Frame? Yeah, no, I was being sarcastic. Oh, wait, what if it's not even a human? It could be a red herring. <laughs> like a dog or something on it. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> through the question. Like, such a loss here. I know. I feel like I'm going to feel so stupid when he tells us the answer to this. Wait, but, I, I, have, I have one, I have one. Uh, what is, is this it? game based in space? Yes. Oh! oh! I know. Oh, what yeah, didn't I think? Nailed it. Nailed yeah, it. of course. Oh. Why didn't any of us think um, of that? I even referenced that, that franchise earlier. What is wrong with me? Ryan coming in clutch. Because that game is literally sitting all yeah. over the camera, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, now is it one or is it two? Two is definitely the better one, but yeah. Well, it's a simple question. Well, we could narrow it down a year. Is uh, it? This, is this it the two thousand nine? Well, you yeah. You, you could just say, say is it the if, first if one. This was the. Is this the introductory IP to the franchise? Yes. All right. Would you want? Since you got it, Brian. You, yeah, you want to <laughs> yeah. take it away? Is this game Dead Space? It is Dead Space! I feel bad that that didn't pump to my mind. I know. I, mean, I, I knew I like... was gonna feel stupid. I knew it. Yeah. And I, I did. Sure. I think I just had I just had like like horror like Resident Evil on the mind since we've been playing it so much. Yeah. I just sure. kept thinking early two thousands for some reason. <laughs> I, like just I... like air, like early PS3 like yeah. I don't know why you're I'm ashamed, honestly. Especially after Jonah narrowed it down so early. It's a PS3 uh, yeah. horror game. Yeah. I played that game two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of my, we know, like, my, EA. On my list. They buried it in their psyche. Top uh, 10 stumps in video games. EA stuff to Game Pass. So, like, uh, the, the Dead That's Space right. games are on that. So, I was like, I'm just going to play a little bit of it. So, I played a little bit of it, and it's still a fantastic game. Oh, it nice. looks great as well on like Xbox mm -hmm. One X or that. It like looks yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, point being is that I feel even stupider having to just play that <laughs> you game. You know what, though? <laughs> we, we still got it. We still got it. We still we got, got it. it. You, had, you had five questions. Teamwork. Left. Teamwork. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Teamwork makes the dream. Ryan work. pulled it out. Yeah. Heck yeah, bro. Okay, guys. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, thank you once again, Wes, for preparing the games. They're always a pleasure. And uh, we'll move right along into our community questions. Um, so our first question comes in from Coop on Twitter. What horror game scared you all the most? And for each game, which particular part was the one that really got your skin crawling? Uh, does anyone have anything uh, already in mind for this question? Yes. All right, take it away, Wes. So, speaking of Dead Space... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... Oh, uh, <laughs> this question was actually what kind of inspired the, uh, the pick for the game nice. uh, this week. But, uh, yeah, in Dead Space... One, 
there are, I can't remember if there's several sections or if it's just one section, but there's at least one section where you have to basically uh, do, uh, not like a space walk because you're not like free floating in space, but you have like magnetic boots and you're like walking along the outside of the Ishimura trying to get through these sections where basically like there was damage to the ship or something like that. And you, you had to like get from one section to another section. And as soon as you exit the airlock, it's dead silence. You hear, you don't hear anything. I think all you hear is Isaac breathing a little bit. You can kind yeah. of like hear, hear the him the oxygen as he's like. Oh. And there's there's no <laughs> yeah, music. Come there's no. That's <laughs> great. Okay, I love that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no nothing. Um, and just that that video game is so atmospheric, like it sucks you in so much that just the complete lack of noise when you go outside into space where nothing can hear you, no one can hear yeah. you scream or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's It was just chilling to me because you get almost like claustrophobia is when things are like, you know, like you're in a tight space, but it feels more claustrophobic being out in the open like that because you just don't know like what's around you. Yeah. You, you, you kind of like lose your sense because you can hear kind of like necromorphs coming at you in the ship from far off you can hear him scampering around whatever but when you can't hear anything and you know there's stuff out there mm-hmm. and you don't know where it's coming at and you turn the corner it's just right there and you're like ah oh my gosh yeah for sure. how it is in prey yes. too when you're doing the when you're outside yeah, oh. a space yeah. yeah it's just it's just chilling and that's always stuck with me so it's a good call <clears throat> yeah um i guess for me kind of on that similar like feeling like it's not really a horror game but like just any game where like you have to go into open water and you just don't know like where anything is coming from especially if you're like uh if it's dark or if you're like swimming on the top and like the surface of the water is opaque like an old ps2 games or something but um my dad used to play the tomb raider games on ps1 when we were kids and we just watch him um mostly because the controls are so horrible in those games we couldn't even play it but uh there's uh i think in the first game you have to swim underwater and there's just big ass alligators or crocodiles that come after you and it's just like but uh yeah that fear of open water in video games is why i haven't even like entertained the thought of playing like subnautica or something like that you know i just i couldn't i couldn't handle it (laughs) Sound like Steven. I feel like he, if he were here, he would be talking about the shark and banjo and kazooie and how <laughs> terrifying that was. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, or the eels in like Mario sixty four. Like that shark's a nice yeah. guy though. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone else have any? Uh, you want me to go? I, I mean, I guess I'll go. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I have. So I have a few. I don't like. I'm not going to go over each one of them. I didn't really know if I counted the first two I came up with. I mean, the most scared I've ever been playing a game is PT. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Me too. For sure. PT is just that one is so I played it probably near 100 playthroughs of that demo and wow. still and still run into stuff I never saw before. Like one time I came, I turned a corner. I played that game like 80 times. I turned a corner and like Lisa was facing away from me and I was like, did I break the game? Like I've never seen the backside of Lisa before, but there was like, she's mm-hmm. just hanging out in the hallway. And I it, like every, like the fact that they, that demo continued to surprise with things like that always amazed me. But since it's not a real game, 
Um, I wanted to say trying, I made an attempt to play Resident Evil 7 in VR, but I failed miserably because I was actually concerned that my heart wasn't going to be able to handle it. Yeah. I got, I got to the, I got to the Mia fight and, um, it was just too much. Like it was mm -hmm. too much stimulation of my brain and my heart yeah. and my body where I was like, I don't, I had like headphones on. I was like, I don't even know. Like somebody could be in the house right now about to murder me. And I have no awareness of my surroundings. I always have kind of hated that about VR. Like I like VR somewhat, but even if you're playing like the happiest game on the planet, like there's just something about being completely unaware of your surroundings. That's kind of freaky. Like, being totally vulnerable you know like i i feel right like... exactly like just vr in general is scary because honestly i didn't i mean resident evil 7 was scary but like it didn't scare me like pt did just playing it normally um i actually think this the scaredest i've ever been through like a game was actually outlast uh and that's gonna be my actual official answer because there were times in that game um, and we're going to get into some of this later in the Resident Evil 8 spoiler talk somewhat, but there were parts of that game. Most of that game, honestly, was you were just completely vulnerable. Like, they don't give you anything to fend yourself off with. You know, you have a camera and batteries and, you know, those run out real fast, a lot faster than any batteries I've ever seen. Certainly not Energizer or Duracell batteries in those cameras. <laughs> Uh, but there were times where that game was not afraid to just stick you flat out in a pitch black room with your batteries running out. And there was the only light source you had was like looking through this tiny lens of a camera with the light on. And so you'd pop a battery in and turn it on and there'd be like this huge hulking, you know, like deformed guy in front of you that would just grab you by the neck and pick you up. And I mean, it was like, it was creating jump scares where it wasn't scripted. Like, right. you know, you were just jump scaring yourself by not being able to see anything and just wander around in the dark, occasionally putting the camera up to your face. But, you know, you could hear things. And there was like a specific section of that game where you're down kind of in like a um, like a sewer area and they just give you very few batteries and there's this guy who's just kind of wandering around in the sewer and you can hear the water like splashing around you oh, and so yeah. you'll just like pull up the camera and you'll see him like a, you know 20 yards out or something and you know kind of like take a few steps and like turn around and he'll then he'll be like he'll close the distance he'll be like five yards and you're like oh my god yeah no for sure so, i remember yeah, that freak shit. Oh. that game is really terrifying I at think, times uh, it's kind of like a non-horror game but um when I was when I was younger, my buddy was showing me uh, Max Payne One, and dude, that game's just got creepy vibes. Ugh. Yeah. Man, like every time he'd like, he's like, "Let's play Max Payne." And it's like, it's like dark outside and stuff. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like freaking out, and I'm like, just stay cool, stay cool. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. And he's like going into this room, and it's like creepy, eerie music. I'm like, ah. Like just a remedy <laughs> game. Yeah, that's that's a remedy game hallmark. I think I, think uh, I learned that on the last time I was on the podcast. It was a remedy game, and then I like, and then I go back and look at it. And I'm like, I can totally see where like some of the Alan Wake creepy vibes came out of that. Yeah, you know, the uh, the style of Max Payne One is rough, like though too, like like that is mm. a very very gruesome scene at the start of that game. Oh, like yeah. you basically. 
like spoiler for Max Payne, I guess, but like at the start of that game, you come home to your apartment and your wife and your kid are being murdered in the apartment as you're there. Like, like it is, you know, it is yeah. a rough game out of the yeah. gate. So like, it doesn't surprise yeah. me that someone could get scared by that game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what is uh, your answer though, Brian? I think mine might be fear. Um, oh, like, yeah. If any of you remember that game, it probably just like caught me at the right time or whatever. But like, just the idea of like Alma following you in that game is like when she pops up, like you're like scared. But, yeah, like, she pops that... up for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, they have that one point in the game, and it's like it's the thing everybody talks about with her, like. You're you're just after going through like a fairly like light combat area, like not a whole lot is going on. You're gen- you're just coming to these like platforms and you're descending down um like on the ladders at the end and you go down like maybe two platforms or something and like you're on another one, you just like walk to the end and just as you get onto the ladder, they turn your character around to start descending. And as they turn you around, Alma is bam like right there in your face and like you just freeze and like you go down to the bottom of the ladder to get out of there and like as soon as you get down to the bottom of the ladder and you turn there's just another image and it's just bam again right there in your face i just like it wasn't a particularly scary game like after that but i remember like it was just like one of those games where like i was I was probably like tired and I was like really late at night when that happened mm-hmm. and I was just like got oh god conditions were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Jamie Gwaltney just did a really good uh video essay about fear. And I'd never played it before and and uh I, I really kinda wanna play that game now. It looks Yeah, cool. it's cool. It is cool, yeah. Like, what is it about like that specific design of like the ring girl? <laughs> yeah, the that... tail. Find like the grudge, like that finds its way yeah. into so many things, like in RE Seven included. Honestly, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. like the body contortion is usually the one that, like, yeah, uh, they're just like hunched really over just, and like their hair, about, like is... an arm being bent back away. It's not supposed Oof. to be that. It just looks unnatural, right? Yeah. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to all the YouTubers I've watched playing um, Half Life Alex and. Whenever like a head crab jumps on their face, they literally like scream and grab their VR headset and throw it across the roof. (laughs) Saving that one for whenever I get it. I have not watched a a minute of that because I I'm such a Half-Life fan, but I am just not willing to to play that in any way that's not the authentic. Yeah. Way too expensive index or like Vive to, you know, manner because I. I, What's that? That uh, rumor lately that, um, uh, oh, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but like there was rumors of like maybe Valve said something about like they were looking to publish their games to other platforms, and like mm-hmm. Valve, Valve don't have a lot of games, so like Half Life Alex, and like you gotta imagine that's probably PlayStation 2 VR. It's so, like, do it as long as it gets like the. I, it honestly, I would probably have to get the EZA stamp of approval since they gave it game of the year, which only made my desire to play it that much worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, really missing out. So, but if it works on PSVR two, which I probably will get, um, 
then I I would play it there. But I'm just I'm only I'm saving a, it. I'm only getting a new VR set if it's wireless. It's just oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't deal with the wires. Wires are for me. bad news on that. I think wires are already confirmed for the second one. Oh. Gotta get a VR backpack. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the PSVR two <laughs> pro. It's wireless. <laughs> I'd like to get All a quest right. too, but I don't want to make a freaking Facebook account just to use. Yeah, it's just like too many thing. weird strings they, they, attached. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna get into like industry stuff, but the um the the RE four being exclusive to the Quest two is pretty. That sucks. Pretty lame. I hope it's timed exclusive. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, you anyway, imagine, you'd imagine like it's RE four. It's gotta come to like everything at some point. So <laughs> Eventually, yeah. I, I would imagine it is like timed. To be, to be perfect, like, it's too small of a market, like, for it to put in that much. Like, there has to be a decent amount of work to convert that game to like VR, like, because you yeah. think about what stuff you can do in that game, like roundhouse kicks. Like, how the heck is that going to work in VR? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you See jump you out the window, and, yeah, you, you jump out through the window of the house in the first five oh, minutes of that man, game, yeah. throw a barrel all out yeah. the window. Yeah, I'm thinking that's like a out of all of the games to put in VR, I was I was really confused by one that's first of all not even a first person game, and yeah, yeah all of the stuff you do in there it just felt like very weird, you know. Yeah. And then to be and then to be exclusive to the that was that was only the second dumbest news of the month behind the the Nintendo Online releases, which I thought was probably the stupidest of all things. Well, uh, just to get us back on track, uh, we'll move on to the next question from uh, Missile Mage. Uh, we appreciate your questions, Missile Mage. Pretty much coming in every every episode. Uh, yeah, thanks so, um, His question: Any games that you would love to really dig into, but you don't have the time commitment to be able to do so? I always wish I had the time to really learn dreams. Um, yeah, just real quick for me, I've got the answer that like half of everyone and their moms have, uh, which is just Final Fantasy fourteen. You know, uh, I put a lot of time into that game, and I never even beat a realm reborn and got to the first expansion but um i i really want to go back but it's just finding the time and spending the money on the subscription but uh uh it's just uh have you seen that meme recently where it's like a picture of an ip and then they do like brackets and it's like how like much a thing is invested in that portion of the game and it's like there's one for final fantasy 14 where it's like the first bracket is like eh, what's this game uh People are telling me, like, uh, you know, there's a free trial up to Heaven's Word, whatever, I'll give it a try. And then the next bracket is like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. And then the last bracket is like, hey, guys, did you know there's a free trial for Heaven's Word on this game? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you just get into it, it's it's amazing, apparently, but it's such a yeah. time commitment. I want to, like, segue to that one just because, like, that was my pick, too. I've never that played any of it. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. everybody's pick. Let's yeah, go. I was torn, Great game, dude. Let's between, start it. Let's go. I was torn between that one and uh, Plague's Tale Innocence because I've always wanted to get into that game. Oh, but it's you even played like, that game? Oh. It's just too long. And, um, too long? It's like, it's it's like not 12 hours. It's, never, it's never on sale. It's a game game bro. Yeah. All right, what are you talking about. <laughs> Get out. Get off this podcast. <laughs> yeah. How... Go to your Dude. room. Sure. <laughs> It's funny because I wanted to say that to get a rise out of Brian, but I got a rise out of everybody but Brian. <laughs> I knew straight away you were trolling. Like, like I always, you I, I think you 100% serious, dude. I still have not played that game, but I like every time like I turn on a computer and on Twitter, like I see Brian on there just going like, oh, I'm like somebody's got to play this game. Who hasn't played it? I'm going to find somebody to talk about it with. 
Uh, and I'm like that one who's like, I really should play that game, but I just never do for some reason. Um, so yeah, that was my joke answer. Uh, best channel, best channel. The the, the, the uh, yeah. If if you if you lose the bet, Hunter, you gotta you gotta play Plague Tale. Gonna come <laughs> up with something. Go. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I've never played Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, I if I had the time, like I think I would really really love it. I mean, I love Final Fantasy. Uh, and honestly, one of the hardest things for me as an adult was growing to love destiny which i know is a you know a stretch from final fantasy 14 to destiny but one of the things that really crushed me with destiny was that it's bad um i would get into all right jesus uh like i would like there was a time where like i was running vault of glass raids and i love the whole raid idea i love it's just like okay you know like we're setting aside like a day we're gonna go do this like you know it might take us like five six hours to get through the whole thing and early on in that kind of game like that's what happened with me with destiny and i would get like four hours into it before my wife would pop in the room and just be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) sorry you're gonna have to beat me out she'd be like are you done yet and i'm just like oh we just keep we keep dying to this one but she's like i don't care (laughs) <laughs> so like i just know that if i got into final fantasy 14 i would just run into the same kind of problem uh so i just wouldn't i like i don't want to get started with something i know that i wouldn't be able to to actually indulge myself well with, so. uh weirdly from the time i put into the game you can basically treat it like a single player game um, they even have this system now called the trust where you can bring in AI-controlled party members that are just controlling actual characters from the plot instead of having to play with other people. So it's like, yeah, perfect, the MMO where I don't have to play with other people. But can you, like, save your Uh, progress and stuff? I mean, The problem that I've run into with it, because I tried it, is that if you aren't familiar with MMOs, it's just going to be way too much. It's a huge, yeah. I felt buried in that game. Like, I could do basic functions, like, run around and, like, hit a button mm-hmm. to attack but there was so many commands and you literally have to become your I'm own like, like... sorry god <laughs> yeah no it was it was just too much for me yeah and i, I need i need to... i need somebody to, to walk me through and teach me it's like monster hunter right if you're getting started yeah. in monster hunter yeah. yeah you can run around and hit the monster but are you but are you are, are you know you miss so much about yeah. what that game is and you really need somebody to to guide you and i feel like it's mm. the same thing with final fantasy 14 or probably most mmos yeah i wish that they had a uh i wish they had different presets of like the like hud arrangement because the default in the game just has so much crap on the screen and repeats some information multiple times that's just unnecessary and just looking at the screen when you start the game is just completely overwhelming you have to be your own like professional like UI designer to like rearrange that in a way that works for you, but, you know. Yeah. So hey, let's give you five hot bars. Here you go. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Like what? What's a hot bar? <laughs> so it's funny that it's funny that you brought up Destiny because that that's definitely gonna be mine. And uh, mm-hmm. big shout out to Damn It Danny eighty eight in our Discord. I'm sorry. I know Destiny's not a trash game, buddy. <laughs> he's he's like going hard on the uh, the raid uh last weekend yeah. and like today and whatnot so i needed to uh i need to clarify that because he's a big destiny guy <laughs> and sure. he loves our show um but yeah destiny 2 i 
I wanted to get into, and for whatever reason, that game doesn't have crossplay. It feels like it'd be like the perfect game to have crossplay. Uh, they don't even have it like between PC and consoles. It's just you only get to play on Xbox with Xbox, PlayStation, PlayStation, PC, PC. You know, and so uh, I don't know why I had to clarify that. To if you guys are listening to our show, you probably know what cl- uh, crossplay <laughs> is. Um, um... But yeah, Destiny Two. I I I wanted to get into because it is kind of fun, but I just I I never could. I I played Destiny One, I played the story, and I was like, okay, rolled credits, okay, bye, and I like put it away. So which is honestly the worst part of that game. <laughs> I know, right? It's just the the single player campaign is like laughable. Honestly, it's uh, you know it's definitely the strikes and the raids and some of the community stuff that you get to do. Some of the PvP. I mean, I'm yeah. not really big into PvP, but yeah, Destiny's really all about some of that co-op stuff. For sure. Um, I will say, Hunter, I played up to the first raid from Destiny 2 uh, with my friend, who's a Destiny super fan, and begged me to play Destiny 2 with him. And um, playing that raid is probably like one of the greatest like gaming experiences I've ever had. But yeah, I just got to keep up with the amount of it's content that awesome. they've been putting out. You just out. don't yeah. even realize like how much of it is not like just shooter stuff. Like it's so puzzle oriented. A lot mm. of the raids have a lot of, you know, coordinated puzzles that you have to solve. And especially if you're going into them blind for the first time and you're just like, what in the hell are we even supposed to do? Yeah. And you just have to like figure that out as a group. It's a lot of fun, that stuff for sure. Cool. And then uh, Brian, did you have um, an answer for the question? Yeah, I I presume they were kind of asking about like persistent games, um, but like I don't really have a great answer. I think mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that, like there's a ton of single player games I still want to get to, but like it, Persona Five is like probably one of mm-hmm. the big ones. Like I actually yeah. did I did play that game back when it came out in 2016, but like. I had only beaten Persona 4 um, maybe like uh, about a year prior to it coming out and I played it on Vita and like it was just the perfect way to play that game because like you could play for like 10 minutes, knock it off and like come back to it after. Whereas like you sit down to play those games on the console and like sometimes you're, you're thinking to yourself like, Okay, I'm going to come to the end of a session now, and next thing it's no, there's 40 minutes of talking before you can do anything. Or stay, <laughs> like, so it's like, okay, we're staying up to like three o'clock in the morning, let's go. But uh, yeah, I got like maybe like 30 hours into it, and it was just so similar to four. And I was after coming off four like so quick that it was striking a lot of the same beats and stuff. And I just kind of put it down, and I was like, ah, I'll come back to this, and then just never did kind of yeah thing. But thing i did buy royale at the start of this year so like i hope to get through it some at some point but i played dragon quest 11 earlier this year and that game is also like just a break and i wasn't, yeah. I wasn't really bound to go from one break yeah. straight into another especially when the new games were starting to come out as, as well so yeah but, uh, yeah they need a switch port for persona 5 yeah it'd be perfect that's that kind of like all right, I need to take a break. Boop, push the button, and it just stops. Yeah. And then you push it, and it stops. It starts right up. That that kind of quick play function, like you know, Xbox has or whatever. Yeah, my uh, favorite thing about the Switch, I think yeah, I would play yeah. Persona Five if it was like that. If I could just do it on it the would, Switch, yeah. it'd be so much more convenient. Game. Because yeah, yeah, you're right. They do some of those talking sections in that. I started earlier this year. It's like okay, 
Okay, <laughs> let's get through all this exposition. Come on, come on. Back to the it, gameplay. It, just my biggest problem is just the way though it's it's just not structured great, like in that you don't get a chance to even save. So like you know, you can't say to yourself, okay, I'm going to do a two-hour session because that might be a three-hour session. Like, it's just so hard to know sometimes and it's hard to predict, like, especially, like, if you're coming in at, like, you know, 10 o'clock at night and you're turning on a game, maybe you only have an hour to spend with it and, like, it can be kind of frustrating if you can't do anything in the game kind of thing to begin with. So, yeah, but it's just, it's one you definitely need to, I think, like, set aside, like, uh, probably, like, the best way I could approach that game. Yeah, that's that's what exactly what I do. Like Sunday is my day two game, like basically where like you know I can put in like a good seven hour, eight hours during the day. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I need to do is start like dedicate Sundays to Persona and just forget about the rest of the week. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again, Mister Mage, for the question. Uh, we're just gonna take a quick break, real quick stretch break, and we'll be right back. All right. Well, we're back from our break. On to the next question uh, coming in from Bean Dip Bro. Shout out to Bean Dip Bro, What's one of the mods buddy? on our Discord. Uh, What's your favorite reward for completing an optional area or finishing a side quest? Um, man, that's a great question. There's so many options, right? Uh, I think just in general, my favorite thing is just like something that is not like necessary to beat the game but it is like a unique feature that kind of changes up how you play the game a little bit i'm kind of thinking of like getting all 120 shrines in breath of the wild and getting like the tunic that lets you shoot like sword beams out of the master sword and they like totally suck and are not even worth using because they're so weak but it's just so cool to do you know yeah that's my kind of thing what do you guys think um i got a i got a silly one and i can't really think of anything off the top of my head other than this uh this gun from borderlands 2 you just do the side quest and then you get this cursed weapon and the every time you shoot it goes and it's like saying something every time you shoot and then when you uh reload it's like reload and it's just yelling at you the entire time and every time you walk with it you're hella slow so it's just like this awful weapon but it does a massive (laughs) amount of damage there's a weapon in that game that screams at you right like it goes like "Ah!" it's like super high pitched and yeah it's it's that gun it's that gun gun? yeah Yeah, it is that gun yeah Yeah, Uh, I tend to you want to go go ahead hunter no, I was just uh I was thinking about like Caden saying like doesn't necessarily change the game, but I feel like I feel like mine really, really changes the way you play this game, and that is um I really like the uh shield weaver outfit that you get in Horizon oh, Zero yeah. Dawn. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like and that that's one's like great, yeah. the thing it's kinda like the shrine one though, because that's not one you just like wander off some path and do, you know. Like help somebody get a cat out of a tree or something like you have to find all of those power cell cells and it's not easy uh and even then like it's usually later in the game when you actually get that um but man is that cool and like i love yeah. the way they introduce it early you know you can like see it and you're like looking through the glass like oh, <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> and then you finally get it and it really like lives up to like how you build it up in your head but yeah, that was a really sure. cool one. Uh, Wes? Yeah, I was going to say, like, this isn't necessarily a quest reward, so to speak, but um, I it's it's kind of a staple of the Resident Evil series 
that you get rewarded in successive playthroughs for either completing challenges, uh, completing different modes, uh, and then you usually end up with you know either some kind of like unlimited ammo mod or a super weapon or something like that that you know you can just go through the game and totally obliterate enemies with. So the one I'm specifically thinking of uh, is the Chicago typewriter in yeah. RE4, which yeah. I think it costs like a, 1 million pesetas or something like mm-hmm. that in the, in the store in a new game plus. Um, but you get that and it does have unlimited ammo and you just go ape on mm-hmm. all the Every enemies. And just, just, yeah. Just shred through you everything. Get that cool and, mafia costume to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the gangster outfit for Leon Yeah, run through and just, tear through everything it's it's wonderful for sure what about you brian mine is also resident evil related and i was having a bit of a tough time with this question and i was thinking of narrowing it down to one game but i think it's just like getting the magnum in pretty much any resident evil game <laughs> yeah dude. like there is usually like a trick to it and like where it's just like maybe some small puzzle or something and like code veronica has a really good example of that where like you get to see the magnum in like a little small off to the side room and there's a fire between you and it and like later on in the game you like find an empty fire extinguisher and so like you have to like wander around with this like fire extinguisher in your inventory like for a while before you get to actually a place where you can actually fill it up but it's like extremely easy to miss it and if you miss it it's right at the end of that area and you just miss it for that playthrough and it's gone but like that weapon is so like it's so needed in that game as well because like you you get out of that section and like you go straight into like the tyrant fight if you don't have that magnum you can be in trouble with it like as well so like uh yeah just basically i think getting the magnum in in an re game is always like it's a let's go like kind of moment in every every single yeah. time for me so yeah for sure mm-hmm. Uh, honorable mention to the Flame Spear and Mafia remake. By the way, since we have Brian here, because he told oh, me yeah. I'd get that one, the the car in Mafia like remake, which is the the fastest car in the game, <laughs> it's and it's so not just a, fa- it's not even just the fastest car in the game. Like that game is littered with the slowest cars on the planet, <laughs> and then this one goes like two hundred and fifty miles an hour. It is absurd. That sounds pretty fun. What what yeah. other uh, one real quickly that we were talking about earlier uh, before the show was the uh, God God of Damarung, oh which yeah, you, in yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake, which is an item that allows you to start every fight in the game with a full limit break bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it mm-hmm. makes your limit gauge feel like it's like twice as fast or something like that. So you yeah, it's get through like that, fights. Yeah. The the crappy part about that item though is that you basically to get it you have to beat like the uh was it like the challenge mode the vr challenge mode against the yeah. hardest like super boss in the game uh on hard mode to get that so by the time you get it it's like well i don't really need it because i can yeah, like that's the catch on the usually t- huh <laughs> it's yeah, like it's that, nice to have but i don't really need this anymore yeah well like what you can do of course is like well this is what i did anyway before i actually started the hard playthrough i just went and picked like chapter 17 and you can actually set the vr missions too hard individually from like the game's difficulty so mm-hmm. i went in and like you basically need to farm materia to do that fight and like you need like a very p- particular setup and stuff like to get through it like because you you need to have material like really leveled up for it and stuff and it's like some of the material that you don't think is kind of great and even like some of the accessories like 
there's another accessory like that gives you like rage and stuff and like if you equip them on Tifa, you'll take more damage, but like you need to basically put it on her to like have a chance in those fights. Because like if you don't take them down quickly, like especially that Bahamut fight, now it's just yeah. insane. So, yeah. uh, so like I did get the benefit yes. of using that for the entire game after that in hard mode, and you just obliterate everything. Yeah, yeah I wonder awesome. if that's gonna carry over into the new ch- the the Yuffie chapters and stuff that they'll let you take that in if you already cleared the game and I had really it. Really doubt it, but I I really doubt it for 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 Yuffie stuff anyway. I like I think there'll be some like little carryover into like remake part two, maybe like your level or something. But like I think that's gonna be about it. To be honest, I don't foresee a lot coming over except like the weapons and stuff. But yeah. Cool. Well, uh, on to our next question from Tongue Surgery on Discord. Uh, shout out to Tongue Surgery. He's been doing a lot of really cool mermaid pieces uh, this past yeah. month. Uh, but, uh, okay, his question is, you have a studio, you have a team. What's your game idea? Go! Um, <laughs> I have no answer for this one. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay, no, no, no. What was, what was no, your... Uh... I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to make like dirtiest, filthiest gotcha game for mobile. <laughs> I'm just gonna make like billions. I don't care what the IP is based on, we'll find we'll work with anyone, we don't care. We'll make a big multiverse, we'll start earning billions, and then I'm just gonna pick up the phone and I'm gonna be like, hey Capcom, how he's getting on. Ah grand, yeah, glad to hear. Listen, you can have all this, this is all yours. Do you have to do like three things for me? The first I want you to bring back fixed camera Resident Evil games. The second is I want you to stop with the multiplayer games. Please, nobody wants them. And if you want to do something like that, like bring back co-op. And the last one, I'm kind of blanking on now that I started it. I can't remember. I know Crisis. I'll be upset. <laughs> That's good man, Hunter. Yeah, the last one is bring back Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. Uh, because like, I want when they have that like stalker tech, I'm actually kind of, I'm a little worried that they've done the stalker thing too much now to where the point, if they brought it, they brought it in with Dino Crisis, that they, you know, maybe people would be tired of it already. But like, hell, like, you imagine like Village with the lichens and stuff. You imagine that like with like raptors and stuff. And you're starting off in a scenario like the first scenario in that game and how intense that would be. Because like for anyone who didn't play the original Dino Crisis, it was very, very hard to kill enemies in that game, like especially early on. And like it was a really punishing game. If you got like hit, you started bleeding. And like if you didn't have a health item, you would eventually bleed out and just like die. So like it was punish a punishing punishing game, but like fun game at the same time. But like I'd really really love to see a reboot of it. So that's what I do because I've no creative talent other than that. Just making the gacha game. That's it. I can I can do scummy. That's about it though. Nice. Uh, I think a similar question uh, to this I asked me on Twitter. I think it was um, Adam the Behemoth. You guys know him, but um, I was telling him. Uh, I think I just really want like some kind of like mecha versus kaiju, like Shadow the Colossus esque, throw Kojima in there type kind of game. <laughs> I just feel like we haven't really still yet got like an awesome like giant monster versus giant mechs game. Um, so something along those lines, just high customization on your mech, uh, rocket punch, you know, something like that. What about the rest of you guys? 
Um, yeah, so uh, I love this question, Kev, by the way. Um, like, I have unfortunately given this way too much thought. I'm going to try and give... I gave this thought long before this question was even asked to me. Um, and I have a game that I would make if I had all of this stuff. Um, and it would be a very, like, super satirical, like, over-the-top first-person shooter that takes place in, like, a Fortune 500 company's, um, like, like office campus with just really um, over-generalized, stereotyped office people. Um, and, like, it would start off with... You basically like walking through this like insanely huge flat parking lot, but like to the tune of like Final Fantasy VI with like, uh, you know, with like this epic music going on in the background, and you'd just be like walking through this parking lot. That's and... Wes's life with his AirPods in. <laughs> yeah. You wanted to like the weapons in the game would just be made from like you'd have to like craft weapons like in the office. So like imagine like half like the sharp half of like a paper cutter, like you know, like duct tape to like a janitor's mop. Um or like, you know, maybe there's like a t shirt t shirt cannon like left over from like a uh, corporate <laughs> event and you just like tape a bunch of like crappy office pins together to like make like some dead <laughs> island level yeah. right <laughs> and like yeah it would just be like cube farms and like mail room would be like a setting and like some of the enemies would be like way over the top like i'm, t- I'm not even talking about like realistic like this would just be like goofy like almost like on a duke nukem level where um like you might have to fight like a like a giant printer you know, like, you know, like oh, Hill okay. House and like yeah. Final Fantasy 7, but it's like a huge printer. Oh, that'd and, be great. Like, but it like doesn't work. It's like, sh- like spit staples at you or something. Yeah. You know? I think <laughs> like, you need like, to talk to like, Joseph Ferris about this game. Yeah. Like I'm on just going to say the same thing. I think, I think Condor needs to play It's It Takes Two. <laughs> Look out! It's the ink jet! <laughs> oh, and it's just flying like, like a woman who like is. Who's just like throwing pictures of her kids at you, just like look at him, look at him, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. So like, it would just be so satisfying to just like shoot them with the uh, t-shirt cannon pin gun. Anyway, yeah, like, yeah, I have a very specific game in mind that I would <laughs> just love to make that I would hopefully that. Oh, yeah, dude. So kind much. of funny slapstick thing. For sure. What about you, Jenna? Anything particular in mind? Uh, you know, it it's funny that. Like, I love Supergiant, so I'd like to take Supergiant. And, like, I'm just kind of, like, thinking about, like, what if they made, like, a sick, like, turn-based RPG? And it's like, haha, look, it's Jonah. He's talking about a turn-based RPG because I really don't care for him that much. But, like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like if anyone's going to make a bomb JRPG that I'm going to, like, get glued to, it's going to be Supergiant. You know, like, I feel like with their writing, their art style, and then having Darren Korb write RPG music. Oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Wes? Uh, yeah, I was trying to give this some thought. I Mine would probably be some kind of a, it would be like an, like a 3D, it would be like a 3D Metroidvania action game set mm. in like a gothic castle of some kind uh with resident evil style puzzles 
um, where you have to where you can get new weapons and uh, have to fight a huge assortment of different monsters. So um, Lord of the Shadow Two, but done right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very similar to that it, it would fall somewhere kind of in between like a like a really good uh like 3d castlevania slash devil may cry slash bloodborne Ugh. somewhere in there yeah, that and, so good dude and i know like there's you know that this is not really anything original like i can go play devil may cry 5 and it's got the, it's got the action and i could go play resident evil and it's got the castle and the puzzles and i can go play bloodborne it's got the gothic but i just kind of want I, I just love that kind of style of game and i kind of want something that kind of meshes them all together mm-hmm. for sure and, it's but, funny like because like gothic horror is so like perfect a setting for horror but yet like it seems like kind of underused to a degree yeah like like you know when you stop and think about it, i don't think there's actually a huge amount of examples there are some like definitely but like you th- you think about like how much people love like Castlevania and the settings and stuff and like Bloodborne as well. All people talk about is like the setting, but yet like you still don't get it that much. I feel like so it's weird. You think we'd have more of them? What is that one? Is it even out? There's like that one shooter that looks so cool. Which part? Uh, yes. Thank you. I knew you were gonna be in my nice. brain. Yeah, that game looks. <laughs> when is that coming out? That looks really cool. That's kind of a. I don't know how horror it is, but it's definitely got that gothic, you know, vibe going on. Is that the yeah. is that the one that was kind of looking like it was going to be similar to like Left for Dead, but it was like gothic horror? No, this is a. I think it's a straight single player, uh, first person shooter. But you're like shooting werewolves and and witches, and it's it's very, like... It reminded me of, like, a really new version of... You remember that game, Heretic? Did anybody ever play that game back in the day? Yeah, no. I heard of that. Heretic? That sounds real familiar. That, does that game, did that game just make that up I, in my head? I definitely sure don't. Oh, that's an old PC first-person shooter, right? Right, yeah. yeah it was like a like Doom. Doom. It was like a Doom yeah. shooter, but it yeah. was... It was, like, witches and, like, you know, like, crosses and things like that instead. Yeah. Anyway, like if like they made that today, that's kind of what it reminded me of, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another game coming out too. It's not quite like that, but I think it's called Evil West. Is that right? And it's yeah, another it's first. Familiar. It's like another first-person shooter, but I you it's set in kind of like the old west, and you're like a mm-hmm. like a supernatural bounty hunter cowboy. That's awesome. That looks pretty sick too. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it's is it. Is it, yeah, Evil Evil West? Is that the one where it's, like, top-down and you've got a flaming skull for a head, or is that a different game? No, that's a... I think that's a Ghost different Rider? game. Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider. Yeah. Got got a chain motorcycle. Right a motorcycle, yeah. Oh, right, I, think, cool. I well, think what we need is that game that Steven brought up, like, I don't know, like, eight podcasts ago, where it was... You start out with all of your, like, Metroidvania bits but you have oh, like you a limited amount them. and so like you'll start to lose them but you can get them back by like killing different alien bosses and stuff <laughs> oh god dang. i still yeah, think that about that every once in a while idea. i'm like oh that sounds mm-hmm. so good Continue cool. well uh our next question comes in from zach pearson uh also who's that podcast yeah who is that <laughs> guy? 
brother to Hunter heard of him. Um, what's your brother. preferred question is what's your preferred playthrough of games? Slow and methodical or quick and focused? Um, I know just for me, like on a first playthrough, it's definitely slow and methodical, but then on those replays, try to do that speed run with your, your knowledge of the game. What about you guys? I, uh, yeah, well, I yeah. feel like this question was directed at me and probably some amount of frustration. Probably <laughs> not, but like that's how I'm going to take it. Uh, you know, because I'm definitely a very slow, methodical player to the to, probably to a fault. Um, I I feel like if I'm not collecting every little like scrap of paper and like looking in every corner, that I'm somehow cheating myself out of the full game experience. When really, I'd probably enjoy it more if I just you know, let it play out more naturally. Um, so, yeah. And even when, even on replays, I find myself being way too slow about the way I play. So I can definitely relate to Hunter. I'm just the exact same way, basically, where yeah. I feel compelled to, like, it, it, it really depends. But, like, if I'm liking the game, I will, like, search out pretty much everything I can. Whereas, like, if I'm just... Uh, on a game, I'll probably still search out more stuff than I probably should spend my time doing. But yeah, I'm I'm typically always slow. Like I th- I think Village clocked in for me. I was like fourteen hours maybe on the in game timer, oh, wow. and like yeah. I probably put more into it outside of that as well. Like um, so, yeah, I'm definitely the same boat there. So I have a fun sure. fun story about this. I played uh. God, it was it was so awful. I'm so upset that I like did like a big pre order on this game. It was uh Battlefield Hardline and the game like was just mm. absolute trash. But the, I forgot uh, that game existed. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. do. Um <laughs> but the the campaign was like pretty fun on that. So it took me like I don't know, like five or six hours to beat the campaign and then I had a buddy come over and I was like he had beaten the campaign and I uh, had beaten the campaign. I was like, hey, do you want to see who can beat the campaign faster? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so he had his Xbox up and I had my PlayStation and we both hit start at the same time. And I just like had like a Mac 10 or something like with like a drum mag on it and like suppressed with like a crazy sight on it. And so I was just going around just going bing, 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 bing. And I was like absolutely killing everybody instead of like arresting anybody. <laughs> I beat the game in like an hour and a half and he's like, "Bro, uh, how did you do that?" I was like, "I don't know, but I just didn't care." And that's probably like <laughs> the only time I've ever speed run a game. And it was like on a whim too. So, yeah, dude. Uh, what about you, Wes? Uh, I'm the same. Brian and I have yeah. talked about it before, but um I'm yeah, definitely, you know, searching through all the little corners and nooks and crannies trying to see oh is there something over here is there something over here oh no there's not something over here but oh what's that over there yeah and you know going and checking things out so i'm every time definitely you come to a junction <laughs> that looks like the right way i'm going that way yeah i talked about this on one of uh one of our streams one night where i we were playing uh, maybe it was nino cooney but i was like I was just straight up like, is that looks like the right way, so I'm not going that way. Like I will refuse I and if I start going that way and it starts to feel like the right way, I will just straight up turn around and go back yeah. where I the came from. The worst is when you can't figure out which which is the actual <laughs> Yes, right. it's yeah. tough. You're, yeah. you're like halfway through it and you're like, 
okay, this is going a little too long. Maybe I should turn around and go back the other way. But then you go back the other way, and that's also leading somewhere long. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, well, not well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Br- that's brutal for my brain. I actually started replaying um, uh, since it came out with 60 frames per second. I started to play through on Grounded of uh, The Last of Us Part Two, uh, Okay. And, like... That one combines both my need to explore everything and my desperation to explore everything mm-hmm. because, like, they give you <laughs> like a bullet, you know, like every twenty minutes. You're like, oh, there's a bullet. <laughs> and I was like playing that game, and like I got to that the early part of it where you you like are playing as Abby and uh, Joel and Tommy are basically like Tommy's like trying to move like a cable car over to a window and I had like two bullets total I was like I don't want to fire any of these <laughs> so I just like literally like uh, made the zombies chased me around like it was Tecmo Bowl or something while Tommy moved. Can <laughs> you hear the Benny Hill music? <laughs> Just get it over there. He's like, help me out. And I'm like, I have nothing to help you with. I'm not going to hit anything with my pipe. I might need that later. That game is going to take me forever on Grounded. Oh, I bet that game's like way scarier on Grounded. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I I haven't played through that one on Grounded, but I love the first one on Grounded. And I'm I'm really excited about it. I love I love the lack of HUD. HUDs and games always throws me off. And when it's just basically like you should know, you need to know how many bullets you have in your gun. And like in real life, you don't have like a little number in front of your face, you know, unless you're in the future. Ah, the future. Sure. Anyway. Cool. Well, uh, I think we made it, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking around. And thanks to all our community members for the yeah. questions. Um, uh, just a reminder, uh, right after this, we're going to be recording a spoiler cast for Resident Evil 8, and we'll put a link to that in the description. So keep your eye out for that. Skip it if you haven't beat the game yet. And uh, you guys know who we are, but we'll just give our final thoughts to Hunter and Brian before we close out. Uh, Hunter, if you want to go first. Uh, yeah, sure. Um... I don't I don't really know that I have any any more thoughts other than I hope that uh Nintendo will give us a better selection of Super Nintendo and Nintendo games for their online service because yes, that please. was <laughs> trash. What were those games? Ugh. Anyway. I don't know about this what happened. Will you will you explain to me what happened with the the oh, selection? No, they just they just like uh announced the release of their of their like lineup of SNES and NES games you can play on the Switch Online, and they're like Super Baseball Simulator, um, Joe and Mac, Spanky's Quest, right? <laughs> like, I mean, they're like where where are they like the, they have like that entire library of just amazing games, and we get Joe and Mac. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I felt like a joke, honestly, to me. Mm. But it's Apparently a real thing. Um, anyway, uh, I guess if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can join the lucky 230-something people who do that uh, at <laughs> J. Hunter Pearson. Way to sell I, yourself, I, dude. I'm not good. At, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. Check out the brothers Pearson on oh, Twitch. That's see how terrible. Yes, I do. I do stream now. With my brother on the Brothers Pearson. Thank you, Wes. I totally. And it's exactly. I should be plugging that for sure. We, I think we actually are up to like 34, 35 followers. And if Zach and I manage to get to a hundred followers, uh, we're gonna do a an exclusive hot tub stream 
uh, for the people who follow us. So <laughs> if you want to be a part of that. <laughs> I'm tuning well, out that night. Make a console I'll be sitting on a banana, so... And, uh, David has a hot tub full of melted brine butter, dude. <laughs> All right, cool, Brian. Final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts is just I want to give all of you basically a show home and Stephen as oh, well yeah. for just like not only going out and creating the Discord and like giving people a place to go, you know, chat about games in the Oaks and like I can't really speak to too much about because I'm like the worst member in the discord I'm almost <laughs> never in there but uh like just even going and starting the podcast and stuff as well because like you know it's one thing to talk about doing the podcast or whatever but it's another to actually go and commit to it and do it like every week or every second week or whatever mm -hmm. and like I think Caden said this a few episodes back maybe like a month or two ago but like it's just been such a pleasure to like you know you guys are always bringing on people you know and like a lot of those end up being people i know and it's so nice to put like a, a face to the name and stuff or like even just a voice to the name yeah. and so like yeah that's all i really want to say is just like fair bit you guys these have been killing it these are putting on like an entertaining podcast and you should be proud of it awesome dude thanks, I, man. I, I appreciate a lot. that a lot <laughs> thanks so much <laughs> uh cool. can, I, can i say something real quick Sure. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out also to Brian's dog Toby. Aww. Oh yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the, one of the, Get the better, best Toby. one of the best dogs on Twitter. So. Oh yeah. Well, I actually have her. I actually have some good news about that because I didn't even get to type out a tweet or anything because like I was late home tonight. But I did get a phone call today because he went for a scan on Saturday and like they reckon there's been about an eight percent reduction. Um, for oh, anyone good. who doesn't know, he had oh, little, that's great. He had like a problem with um, a valve in his heart. Basically, wasn't allowing blood to flow the right way, and he was ended up with fluid in his lungs. Um, but turns out the medication is doing its job, and like awesome, he's retiring. Fair enough, but uh, he should be okay. So like, uh, that's great. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. good to hear. Oh, that makes me feel so good. good. Yeah. Uh, that dog is my like best bud, and like I don't know, like everyone obviously loves their pets and stuff, but like that dude is like invaluable to me around the farm, and like just has been for years and years, and like so, you know, I'm very attached to him, kind of thing. So like you know, obviously yeah. hearing that, and like people on Twitter were so awesome, like when I said you know uh, that he was he was on well and stuff, like everyone just like you know commiserating and stuff and just saying like oh, i hope he gets better and everything i'm like and like it meant a lot to me because i like I, that day I, I was you know i was feeling down in the ox like so like you know i'm not married or anything or don't have kids or anything like that yeah. so like obviously he's like you know a bit of companionship and stuff as mm -hmm. well around the place so like yeah you know yeah for sure yeah i'm uh, so yeah. glad to hear he's he's feeling better brian yeah that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much, uh, Hunter and Brian, for joining us. And we're the Great Game Debate Podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Um, uh, or just the Twitter account at Great Game Debate with DEB8 on the end. And you'll get a link to our Discord if you want to join the fun. Uh, but other than that, uh, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. As always, a big thank you to our friend Miss Riven for the music in our podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to check out more of what they have, you can pay them a visit on Twitter 
at capital M I S T capital R I V E N seven one nine or on Bandcamp at Mistriven. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time.